reject modernity, return to monkey. Because you're listening to America's most creepy crawly podcast, The Pod People. I'm the Fina! Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Ben Sheets, and by God, I've had enough of this monkey business. Hey, have any of y'all seen David Bowie? I've, I've got this goblin babe I'm trying to get rid of. I'm Cleveland Mosier. And we're joined once again, after not a very long absence, by honorary pod boy Sarah Morris. Sarah, welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, I am diabolical. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Any, any absence is too long. Always welcome. Well, it's so nice to be back. Mm-hmm. This is a, a, another exciting Patreon pick episode, but this time... The person who picked the Patreon is here with us. Sarah has curated this episode for us. Uh, Your first Patreon pick was uh, also a Giallo. You uh, chose Fulci for us. I did, yeah, The Beyond. The Beyond. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we're back to talk about uh, the other Giallo legend, Dario Argento. That's right. And you've chosen 1985's Phenomena for us starring Jennifer Connelly and Donald Pleasance. Well, I'm going to open the floor up to you a little bit, Sarah, since uh, this was your pick. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this movie and why you wanted us to talk about it? Yeah, this movie is about a young Jennifer Connelly. Her name in the film is Jennifer Corvino. Uh, she is the daughter of a famous actor, we're told multiple times. Um, a very hunky actor. Severely yep. muscular, apparently. Um, <laughs> super hot. So hot that the, the headmistress of the boarding school confiscates her poster of her dad when she gets there. A little weird that she has like a sexy poster of her dad, though, right? <laughs> it's a little weird. But it, it also kind of uh, gives you the impression there are no unsexy posters of her dad. Right? Fair. Yeah. True. So maybe just weird she has a poster of her dad. It's a little weird, but anyway. So Jennifer is special in a few ways. Um, This is really like a coming of age movie in a lot of ways. She's been sent away to boarding school. She has, um, she's been sent away to an all girls, very hostile environment uh, boarding school. An all girls boarding school in a Dario Argento film? What? Real giallo hours here. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, she has some pretty special abilities. Uh, She can communicate with and um, have relationships with insects. And she also ends up meeting Donald Pleasance, who's an entomologist. He studies insects and they become special friends. And in a way, I have to say, like, it's hard for me to watch this outside of Argento's canon. So like in Argento's canon, it wouldn't be unheard of that there was a sort of May-December uh, flirtation between these two characters. And I really have to respect that he does not go there with these particular Thank characters. Thank Christ, yeah. yeah. Already already pushing it with the, the dad stuff, for sure. I think, yeah, uh, yeah and, and that is, that is to be clear, insects. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about the poster anymore. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's bugs. Bugs. Straight bugs. We got the bug. There's also, so some of the things I love about this film are, uh, I'll save for later, because they come at the denouement. But um, some of the ones I love that are kind of consistent, it's beautiful visually. It has a really intense 
almost rock opera like uh, score. And <laughs> the devil footnote on that chimp in there, and the bonobo chimp is like a main character in the movie. Yes, horrible. Yes. yes, greatest actor in the movie. A hundred percent. Yes. This movie is kind of like a reverse murder of the Rue Morgue, which is fun, but. We'll get back to that point later. I do think it's interesting that much like uh, um, From Beyond. Oh, wait, no. You recommended The Beyond. The Beyond. Damn it. Yeah. From uh, Beyond is also amazing. Yeah. I was, I was going to make a joke about how this movie. Well, actually, this still works. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, it, this, this movie is not uh, The Beyond, but it does feature a bee that yawns. No. Because it does. It has got a, it's got a sequence where a bee makes a weird noise in it. it it's does. not a yawn. That's a, that's a stretch. You don't know. What that's is a bad a, joke. Do you know what a bee yawn sounds like? That's what I thought. You're not an entomologist. Yeah. Listen to scientists, Steve. Listen to scientists. You're right. Especially in these troubled times, I do really need to learn to respect the science mm-hmm. and listen to the scientists. Mm-hmm. Damn. Did you call him not an entomologist? I did. I did. The ultimate burn. Not an entomologist or an intimatologist. Unfortunately. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. The things I was curious if you guys picked up on because I know you picked up on a lot of the overt stuff but like I've watched this a few times and one of the things I really like about it is the way it portrays social climate as being really intensely hostile towards teen girls or like adolescent girls and that is a theme I think it represents really well and consistently, unlike some of its other themes. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, in some ways, that's really brought out to the forefront. I think about, you know, Jennifer Connelly, her character sleepwalks throughout the movie. Right. And yeah. at one point, she sleepwalks and gets picked up by these foreign dudes. Well, they're local. She's foreign. Yes. yes. The film takes place in Switzerland. Yes, Mm. these Swiss dudes. Yes. And they uh, kind of... Well, they they hit her with their car because she's out sleepwalking. She's in the street. Yep. And they hit her lightly. Yeah. And then they pick her up and take her with them. uh, And, you know, sleepwalking, she kind of is erratic to say the least but they're also being kind of handsy oh they're groping her yeah one of them is groping her from the beginning yeah she's trying to fight off yeah Yeah. but eventually she escapes and uh she just rolls out the door yeah she rolls out the door and comically rolls all the way down a hill and they look down and then immediately leave yeah (laughs) yeah and she just her character not only does she have the burden of being an adolescent young woman with some special circumstances, but she just has the worst fucking luck from the very beginning of the movie. She just keeps taking like blow after blow from her flight being late and everybody being pissed off at her when she gets there. Right. To like her roommate gets murdered. She gets accused of being insane. She does it. She's not liked by anyone else there. Yeah. There's one point later on where like, the headmistress and like a bunch of the girls are like in her room reading a letter that she's written to her father about how like she's been having sleepwalking spells and how like she met this famous entomologist who tells her that she can like psychically communicate with insects and it's like i get that like 
teen girls are mean. It's like, okay, you break into her room and you're like reading her journal or whatever. But the fact that the headmistress is there too, I'm just like, what the fuck kind of school is this? I mean, it it makes sense that like the head of the head of the the school would also be like a like a petty bitch. Like, yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, Mm -hmm. really closed minded, judgmental, right? Mm -hmm. And at that time, you know, that's such a difficult time to be an individual especially for girls so this is kind of like a nightmare i think that i really like felt as um was as horrifying as some of the other elements of the the movie that are meant to be overtly scary or gross mm-hmm. indeed well speaking of uh it is it is an argento film so of course there's a killer on the loose yeah. it's a classic argento black glove Weird stabby, weapon, stabby person. Some mm-hmm. cool kills. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like low budget, cool. Very giallo. Yeah. Yes. What was the screwing in the weapon supposed to be? It's like a long. It's a, it's like a spear. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Which basically, spear. I think, is so that she could like carry it around with her anywhere, without like people seeing it. Was the idea? Well, I think it's probably more uh, for the reach, which. Let's not we'll spoil that. Well, I mean, it's, it's one thing to have it's one thing to have the reach, but it's another thing like like it's collapsible, right? So like it's so that you can still carry it around and also have the reach. I agree. It's it's both. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, the first kill is just some chick who misses her bus and wanders into a house. I think that actress is Dario Argento's daughter. It may be Asia Argento. She's been in some of his movies. That's pretty cool. I don't. I. I don't think it's her, but I think it's. Uh, I think daughter? her name's Fiore Argento. Oh, gotcha. Is that one of his daughters? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I just saw that. Uh, I saw the name Argento. Interesting piece like, of happenstance. Well, if not, yeah. I mean, I guess it's not the most uncommon Italian name. But anyway, she's she's finds this house and she goes in. She's like, "Hey, I missed my bus. I'm a foreigner. Like, is there anybody who can help me?" And we see some chains there's something chained to a wall and we see them getting like pulled out of the wall and uh you know then she gets attacked and runs up to this waterfall uh and gets her head cut off and then it get yeah. just thrown down the waterfall which is a pretty fun shot yeah i like how rolling down the waterfall i like how they build it up with the the chains on the wall because it kind of emphasizes it's something of like immense strength like, yes. I, at first I thought it was, like, a Cujo dog or something. Right. Um, but... Uh, but it's something that can stab you with a pair of scissors, so mm-hmm. it's not a dog. And then you, well, yeah. you need, like, two chains. It's, like, it's, like, hooked to the wall on two chains, too. And it's, like, where would you put the other chain on, like, a dog, you know? So it's, like, it's got to be, like, a, something, like, with wrists, you know, that, like, needs well, to be chained. It destroys that wall. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, what I... What I love that they do, too, is right after that, after that first kill, then that's when we're introduced to the monkey for the first time. Like, we see, like, the, the we see, like, uh, uh, Donald Pleasance's, like, big house, and we see, like, a shadow, like, running up on all fours, and then all of a sudden it's this little chimp, but it's holding the scalpel. Yeah. So it's, like, especially after that, like, seeing something, like, rip the chains out of the wall, it's just, like, I'm immediately, like is this movie about a killer chimp? But then it's like, oh no, the chimp is actually friendly. Yes. He's, uh, he's, she's, yeah, she's Donald Pleasance's nurse. He literally <laughs> calls her his nurse because he was in an accident and he's paralyzed. It's sort so, of a, um, what's the movie? A, a monkey shine. 
sort of a monkey's shine situation, but but the monkey's good again in this one. So I guess that isn't an uncommon thing, because that's another 80s movie that has a guy being taken care of by a monkey who's paralyzed. Have you all seen that movie? I have not. I think it's Robert Rodriguez. Really? <laughs> yeah. Here, let me, yeah, let me look it up. I'm, it's, uh, I'm not familiar it with that rules. movie at all. We should, we should on the podcast at some point. Monkey Shines is fantastic. There's a lot of shots of like a monkey being like rolled around. That might be a late-era Romero, actually. Oh, no, I think you're right. I, I get them mixed up all the time. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're nothing alike. Yeah, but their names both end in R. No, it neither, is... <laughs> actually. Neither of their names end in R. Yeah, they do Romero and Rodriguez. That's, uh, that starts with R. <laughs> their full names, their last name is an, has an R. It ends... At the beginning of their last name. Their their full name ends with an R last name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Leave me alone. George A. Romero directed Monkey Shines. Jesus Christ. I'm George never bringing up a reference Romero ever again. God damn. Y'all are you relentless. Can up, you can bring up a reference. Just don't say something stupid. If you don't want us to clown Jeez, that is such it. a big ask. God. I know it's a big ask. I know it's a big ask, but, you know, you really have all the power here. I know, yeah. Like, lower, yeah, damn, lower your expectations. All right, where do we, uh, uh, anyway, yeah, it, it reminds me of Monkey Shines, that's also about a guy who's paralyzed and has a monkey taking, out, taking care of him. They're both hilarious and great movies, too. I would definitely recommend Monkey Shines. It's a hoot. Well, the monkey in this movie is great. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a very, very good monkey. Surprisingly expressive. Yeah. For a monkey. Like. Yeah. Well-trained, yeah. smart monkey. Yeah. And honestly, why don't they make movies with monkeys in them anymore? Right? I mean, yeah. This, this that was like such an 80s and 90s thing. I'm, I'm going to go out of limb and say that like Jennifer Connelly was probably bit at least once in this movie. Monkeys are like really shitty to handle. <laughs> you don't think this was a good co-star? Like, I just... I, but if you you ever heard like like actor biz. stories about having to deal with monkeys? Like, it, it's a it's a thing. Like, People like, do keep bonobo chimps as pets sometimes. Yeah, my uncle had one, apparently. Really? Yeah, and he was really <laughs> shitty, apparently, too. Jim I, I don't personally. I, it was before I was I was around, but uh, yeah. Was he in showbiz? Was it a showbiz monkey? Yeah, it's like it, I mean, there's a reason why. Like, it's not a common thing, right? Like, they're an exotic animal. Like, they're you know, it's like you can keep them as a pet the same way you could have like a pet tiger. Like, you know, it's a it's a pet. They have an, an, an insane amount of strength. Like, they're very strong, and they're also basically just little guys. Yeah, they'll fuck and, you right up, man. They have opposable and, thumbs. Yeah, they like, can open doors. It's like it's like if you're just trying to keep like a little guy in your house mm-hmm. as like a pet. Seems like a bad idea. Yeah, a little guy that shits everywhere and then throws it and shit. Yeah, and tears and, your face and, off and, and eats it. Yeah, like they, like a monkey will fuck you right up, man. Not this monkey though. Not this one. I don't believe yeah. that this monkey. Maybe Dunstan checks in only yeah. uh, only for vengeance purposes. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. The, o- the only thing it's this a very moral chimp. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a very moral chimp. Uh, yeah, the only thing this monkey has is like a really blown out pussy. Like that's the one. That was the one thing about this uh, this monkey. Let's not go there. <laughs> It's it's there. it's like in every shot, man. Like it's just yeah. We all it's know, got a swollen. We all know that monkeys have weird, nasty genitals. I didn't We've all been to the zoo. I didn't. I learned this during this zoo. movie. Like I was like, why does it only have one butt cheek? And and Sarah was like, oh, that's not a yeah. That's she said that's a vulva. And I was like, oh, I thought that was like it was like why does it only have one hairless butt cheek? 
It was weird to me. You've and then, never been to a zoo and been like, man, those monkey like, genitals are disgusting. I, I don't like I don't look for monkey genitals when I go to a we zoo. Yeah, but you, you, as you said me. yourself, you can't not <laughs> see it. <laughs> if you really want to see something a bit like more interesting, check them out when they're not in heat. I, I'm good. Baboon butts look like chewed bubble gum. Just kind of hang Oh, I think I've seen that. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. So this is why I brought this up. This is hilarious as hell. This is terrible content. I disagree. The questions that I heard at the baboon exhibit was some version of what's wrong with its butt? Oh, okay. Yeah, because people would ask. Yeah, didn't, much like me watching this movie. Because they look fucked up. Yeah, it's a normal question to have. Of, let's talk about the movie instead of nasty monkey butts. It's a part of the movie, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, Tease. Yeah, it's there. I would rather it's talk there. about how the monkey goes on a quest for vengeance against I, the killer after I, Donald Pleasance is murdered. This is a very vengeful chip. It is. Yeah, it, it rules. It's it lives great. by its own code. It's very attached to its charge donald pleasance the uh yes the paraplegic entomologist not taking any shit no nope. not at all after he heartbroken after his death he had to watch her, it yeah he had to watch donald what, pleasance die trying to break down the uh the blondes like ripping them apart with her hands trying to get in through the window to save because she life. knows that he's in danger and she's just too late She's just too late. This is jumping way later into the movie, but we're already in it. Oh, we're so just we're, we're just hopping around. That's fine. Then the chimp chases the 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 killer in their car as they're driving away. Yeah. She like jumps on the roof and is like banging on the windshield, and he's like swerving dramatically, trying to knock the monkey off. And the fact that there was little to no music in that scene, and then they cut back <laughs> to. <laughs> The mansion and the EMTs are bringing Donald Pleasance's corpse out on a stretcher, and they're playing Motorhead <laughs> non-diegetically. Yeah, and it's not the first time they do this. Like, don't get me wrong. I about four I was, times in the movie. Oh, there was like four, there's four to six. Four, yeah, between four and six scenes where I think it's four, but it feels like the, six. The music does. Yeah. The music is way more high energy than what's going on. On camera, they do it that time with the Motorhead. They do it very early on with like the second kill with Iron Maiden, yeah. Uh, and then there are a couple times where it's just like the score, which is very high energy and bombastic. Oh and shit! No, it is and, like six, isn't it? Yeah, because you've got the first time with that. Then you got when she opens the window. Then you've got the stretcher one. Then you've got exploring the house, and then you've got her in the room. And then I think there's one and trying more at the to very, get the trying to get the glove the phone. out the glove. Oh, the out glo- of the uh, oh, the glove is like the third. Phone fishing is my yeah. favorite one. So it's like six. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, at first, at first, it, like for that one, I thought, oh, finally, now it's fitting this time because she was running around the room trying to get out, and, and you know, and she's locked in. You know, and it's you like we're, the, we're hearing like yeah. the the music in her head, you know, like right. like she's panicking, she's freaking out. You know, seconds. like of course, like these are shot on like on like film film, and like these aren't super high budget movies, so they don't necessarily have like the means to like cut dramatically and like quickly to the pace of the film, right? Or to the to, to the music. But like what they do have is 
the music. And so like, you know, we've got like the, the sound of like, like what's going on in her head. So there are a few times where, like I was willing to like, let it slide, you know, like when she's running around there, but then yeah, the phone scene just goes on for so long for like the heavy music. It's wild. I, that, <laughs> it's like, it's like fighting dragon music, you know, that, it's that like, scene, that's yeah. I find more forgivable just because like, you hear like somebody screaming a couple of times in the next room like she's locked yeah, in like you there. know yeah. you know the killer is nearby so even though like it's going on for a long time of her using like this pole to try to like fish a phone cable out of like the next room it it feels like it suits the energy because it's 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 she's desperate you yeah. know like oh, it's yes. fight or flight whereas like earlier when she follows the firefly out uh into the the park or whatever and then spends like 2 minutes like reaching into a bush trying to grab a glove and the music is just like She's just like reaching into a bush. She's reaching a little bit more. It's yeah. It just totally it doesn't match at all, and it feels so fucking Italian to me. And it's awesome. It's one of the reasons that I love Jalo movies. And it's like the music gets first billing in the end credits before any of the actors. It like shows all. It is forefront in the film, and it's like in the opening credits too. It's like featuring featuring guest musical appearances from Iron Maiden and Motorhead and Goblin. It's like how in the forefront the music is almost makes makes it feel like that the the movie is really about the music and not the movie yeah, it's just like an extended well, music video well, what's fascinating too Which is like makes it fascinating that yeah. they do it in the non-action yes. scenes yes. again like and he's very prolonged well because they don't want anything to distract from the music right, so the, yeah, the what's scary. going on in the scene has to be low energy so you're really focused yeah. on the music yeah. they're like this like, scene is too boring it. let's throw in some music <laughs> <laughs> liven it up well it's music is the character yeah, it's the center stage well, character in that it, scene. It's so funny though because like the quality is amazing, like across the board in, in those sequences. Like the the shots are fucking gorgeous, hmm. and the music is awesome. Yeah. It's just really the cool. tone. It's just they're so they're to, so tonally clashing. Yes. But like the the shot of her following the firefly, like it looks like a water house painting or like a yeah. like a pre Raphaelite Brotherhood painting, like a like a Morris or something. Like I it's mean, so Dario, pretty. Dario Argento always has an, an impeccable aesthetic mm-hmm. sensibility. Mm-hmm. Um, the costuming is really beautiful. She's in whites a lot. Oh, yeah, speaking yeah. of costuming, the yeah. it was all done by Giorgio Armani, yeah. which is what it's. Oh really? Yeah. I missed that. There. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So he designed the the bootleg Bee Gees shirt. I'm sure. <laughs> oh Jesus shit! Jesus Christ! What the fuck? That shit. I that was fucking crazy. Yeah. It's just like a, a scene in like one of uh, the boarding school classes. Cl- one of the classes, and like the girl sitting up front is just wearing like I have a hard time describing this shirt because. It's just like what looks like... It looks like a Kanye shirt. What looks like a plain white t-shirt that somebody has taken a Sharpie and written in block letters, Bee Gees, under which they've cut a picture of Barry Gibbs' face out of a magazine and sewed it onto the shirt. Like, that is... (laughs) 
Armani is a visionary. It, it's insane. Tell me, it's tell insane. me, it doesn't look like you ever been like Kanye's site and like scenes of his. Oh yeah. Tell yeah, me, yeah. right? It looks like a, like a Kanye shirt. I it's a it's a little too uh, it, it's not plain enough to be Kanye. Yeah. Uh, this is like an oh like a white shirt with just like a weird one weird thing on it. I mean, he just yeah. sells plain white shirts for a hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah. So I mean, but this is I mean, this is fucking I would insane. Too. <laughs> and, <laughs> if it was Kanye, people are buying it. Yeah. And for a movie that's like so music centric and has these like great guests like Iron Maiden and Motorhead and shit and then to have that Bee Gees shirt Bee Gees front and center large. but there's no Bee Gees in this movie that's so funny to know that Giorgio Armani did uh, the fucking costumes <laughs> I want to know if he did that shirt. If so, he was like, he threw that together three minutes before they shot. They're like, we, they're like, we, we have there. to, we forgot to dress this girl. He's like, oh, I got it. I've got it. And he just, grabs, magazine, just, yeah, he just grabs a copy of Vogue or something that has like a Barry Gibb profile in it. He's like, the Bee Gees. I love them. Inspiration strikes. Inspir- inspiration strikes. You know who Jennifer Connelly reminds me of in this movie, and I think part of it is because of her outfits, is uh, she reminds me of Isabella Johnny a lot. Oh, yeah. Especially from uh, Possession, the the clone of Johnny, who always has, like, the the white kind of deal, and, you know, she's got the the long, straight, dark hair. Um, Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> she uh, she's great in this movie. Though Jennifer Connelly gives a great performance. One one thing I have to note about all of the performances in this movie, the dialogue is so stilted, it's terrible. And I mean, it's it's yeah. fucking giallo dialogue, yeah. like to a T. Like I don't, I can't think of a single giallo movie that has <laughs> believable human dialogue. <laughs> and of course, it's all ADR too. You yeah. Know? Uh, but at least they got Jennifer Connelly and Donald Pleasance to do their own ADR, so... Yes. <laughs> it's a little bit better in their that scenes. That makes a big difference. It's really funny because earlier in the movie, they set up specifically that the sporting school, they only talk in English. Yeah. And then everyone is ADR'd anyway. <laughs> so it just gives such a weird vibe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least at least Argento got his actors to at least like approximate English with their mouth movements. It's not. Yeah. This isn't. This, this isn't, isn't a, the a, Beyond situation. Yeah, this isn't a Fulci thing. I mean, it's 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 still like giallo, so it's not great, but it's not one yeah. of those instances where people are very obviously speaking a different language and just have <laughs> English ADR over it. But yeah, man, the dialogue in this movie is fucking rough. Yeah. rough. It's so Indeed. bad. There's it's... like long speeches in certain parts by Donald Pleasance that are just like very technical. And then there's lots of conversation in contrast with that between everyone else that makes very little sense. And it sounds like just non sequiturs. He reminds me a bit of his character in Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, lots of, lots of uh, sort of exposition and, and like philosophizing about things, except in this one, it's about bugs instead of uh, about Satan. Or about, or about uh, Michael Myers. Or about Michael Myers. He's kind of the exposition man of the eighties, you know, it's kind of cool in this one. He, I guess he uses it kind of as like a mentor role to to Jennifer's character, which I like that. I like how this movie develops their relationship. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he she she meets him because after she jumps out of the car with those two like skeezy Swiss guys, the monkey just finds her in the woods and just like walks up and like grabs her hand, and she's like not at all shocked by the fact that there's just a a chimp wandering around the forest of Switzerland. But uh, yeah, she just takes the chimp's hand and and she leads she leads her back to uh, to Donald Pleasance's house, and he's like if. If you ever want to stop sleepwalking, when you're sleepwalking, just say to yourself, I'm sleepwalking. I must wake up, and you will. It's like, the fuck? (laughs) And it works! It does work! It's like... And if you ever find a David Bowie, just say you have no power over me. Exactly. He yeah. was he was setting her up for success in the future when she ended up in the labyrinth. Well, I, I gotta tell you though, like uh, I love my my nickname at the beginning. I think the labyrinth finally makes sense. Everyone always says about the labyrinth, like, "Oh, you're so awful for wishing your little brother away." But it's like, man, if this is the same character, like, no wonder she wanted to wish her wish the little goblin away. Both these movies involve Jennifer Connelly wishing away a goblin boy, and I think that's very fun. Well, okay. I don't know if she necessarily. I don't know if she necessarily wishes the goblin boy away in this movie. She does. She wishes him away with fire. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one can assume that when she's being stabbed at by the goblin boy, she's she doesn't want him to be there. She's probably certainly. She doesn't. I wish this wasn't happening right now. Yeah. I mean, she's she's not like spinning in a circle like in the labyrinth and saying, "I wish the goblin king would take him away." But like, she might as well be. You know, in her mind, she's probably saying something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, the flies got the message. That's true, yeah. They took parts of him away. Yeah, I mean, I guess, should we talk about the goblin boys since we're on that subject? We can. Yeah. I mean, we're all over the place with this thing. Whatever you want. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a bit uh, of a, a reveal, right? When So there's a, a moment in which you know that she's in danger. She's in the the headmistress's assistant's house at the end. And yeah, in in true uh, Argento fashion, the killer turns out to be somebody who we have seen in the background of other scenes, but who is not really a character until they turn out to be the killer at the end. That's it. Yeah, right. Very sleeper. Yes. <laughs> somebody you would never guess because your attention is never drawn to them because, they're, again, they're not a character until they need to be. But at the beginning, she does suggest killing the bee that Jennifer's friends with, so you can tell she's That's true. Evil. So she's, yeah, yeah so she's yeah. bad. She does. That is true. She is the one who tries to kill the insect at the beginning, which just sort of put them at odds in a neat way. I like that a lot, actually. That's why the, the insect has gone wild, too. Yeah, it's it true, because the know, bugs. It senses uh, that she's a killer. Yeah, yeah Donald Pleasant says so much. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That's you know, it's actually really well foreshadowed. I think it's particularly well foreshadowed because it uh, went right over my head. <laughs> so I think, yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. True like, subtlety. Yeah, you have to be a real, uh, an absolute writing genius to get one past me. So <laughs> it is true. But she I am an ace, ace movie detective, after all. She so. ends up in this woman's house because <laughs> this, this woman's like, I talked to your father's agent. He authorized me to buy you a plane ticket to go back to America, but uh, your flight's not till tomorrow. Yes. Come stay the night at my house. And then as soon as I get to the house, she becomes insanely sinister. 
um, forcing her to take a pill that makes her really sick, then locking the phone away in a different room, leading to the uh, the, well, the the phone well, fishing. Yeah. And, and before before any of that, too, like she, uh, Jennifer Connelly sees that all the mirrors oh, have yes, been covered, and she says, covered. "Oh, well, you see, I have a son who's very troubled." And like before she finished her monologue, I was like, "Are you H.P. Lovecraft's mother?" And then she says, "Because my son is like hideous or whatever, and like he's we can't." He's driving me insane. I'm like, oh shit, yes, you are. Okay, that's exactly what you're you're, you're doing. A H.P. Lovecraft's mother situation. Yeah, yeah so it feels. Thoughts. She's got him locked away with his crazy thoughts. Yeah. Right. Exactly. She is. So she has all the mirrors covered because he doesn't like to see his reflection because yeah. he's deeply troubled. And it's whatever. cool because they do set you up to think that like she's manipulative and evil because she is, and and so you think that like oh he's probably just like a regular boy. Yeah, which I've, well, we've already spoiled, but, you know. I don't know about that because just the way the film opens with, like, the chains being ripped from the wall and then whatever has done that is who kills the girl. So as soon as she says she's got, like, a troubled son, it's I was like, okay, he's the killer and she's, like, trying to protect him. Yeah. I mean, it turns out they're both the killers, but... She ends up in uh, the dungeon because she falls through the same hole that the phone falls through in the floor. Right. The phone falls down a tunnel. Falls down a tunnel. In the floor. She crawls down there and then uh, ends up in a dungeon where one of the detectives is, is chained up and she uh, unwittingly falls into a uh, muck pit full of uh, dead bodies and goo. Very cool set piece. It's yeah. extremely cool. cool. It gave me like like uh, yeah like ladder Resident Evil vibes. Like having to like girl. like just swim through like just a pool of like Honestly, corpses and filth. It yeah. reminded me of uh, Saw Three when he tries to kill the judge by oh, like the pig a, pit. putting the the yeah. pigs through like the yeah. meat grinders. It's very like uh, uh, like slimy gray water full of just like rotting corpses yeah, and it looks like sewage water. yeah so she uh, she crawls around in that for like a good five minutes while the evil lady stands there laughing uh until the detective manages to just like crazy oh yes laughing. yeah of course to give the detective time to do the old uh dislocate the thumb to get the shackle get the manacles off trick it looks great because they use like a prop hand too so you can get like the bone breakiness of oh, yeah. it and it's it's paired well with like cutting further back where we see all of him then back to like the the fake hand it looks good and so he manages to incapacitate the evil mother and uh Jennifer Connelly runs off. She goes down a hall. She opens up a locked door and she sees like a little boy standing in the corner with his face against the wall, seemingly crying. I feel like I kind of called this a little bit because I was like, oh, what is it? What's this going to be a don't look now situation? And it and it, it kind of is like she turns him around and we're doing a Blair Witch in the he's corner. He's like a. It's like a little, it's like a little goblin man. Like I don't know how else to describe. It. He's got a goblin babe. He's got he's got a little nasty goblin face. He does. Yeah. He's got really, really narrow eyes, and he's obviously got a deformed mouth. He's got like a, a little kind of pig snout, sort of. Mm-hmm. Have a bit of a pig but snout. Yep. does he have the power of voodoo? I don't think he does. Damn. I don't think so. You do. Power of the babe. Thank you. Someone. 
So leave me hanging. This little guy is actually an animatronic, apparently. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Or at least like in a, some um, sequences. Probably the face, especially. Yeah. Yes. Pincers. He, I was reading an account of someone having seen it somewhere, like in a, a museum or a shop somewhere. Um, it is really? Still, yes. It is still in existence. Weird. In yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, in some sequences, it has to be like either a child or a little person. Like when he runs out onto the dock and he's got... He's got his little spear. That's that's that's, that's why I think he uses the collapsible spears because he's small. So if he's going to stab yeah. people, well, yeah, he like needs him, to be able to reach him. Like yeah. him, like turning around and uncovering his face and like running out onto the dock <laughs> is definitely a child in makeup. Like like yeah. animatronics are like are currently not that good. But I mean, she does. Uh, like we have yeah, like she, replicants running around. If they were on when he corners her on the boat, like she does call in a swarm of flies. To attack him and uh, partially dissolve him, I guess that's yeah. probably the the animatronic, like the face where he's like pulling yeah. like the yeah. the goo and the slime off. That was a great. Looks shot. so horrifying. Yeah, yeah. It looks awesome. And he falls into the water, but he's not dead because Jennifer Connelly accidentally blows up the boat she's on. And has to <laughs> jump mm-hmm. into the water, and so she gets attacked by the little goblin man uh, while she's swimming. But then she doesn't really defeat him. He just kind of like surfaces into the fire and catches on fire and dies. <laughs> 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 kind of his own undoing yeah. there a little bit. I uh, I really love the way those underwater scenes are shot. Like it's clearly a. Pool, it's obviously a pool, but, but like it, it is really nicely. It's lit nice. And it's shot nice underwater photography and, uh, for sure. And the little goblin boy underwater looks really spooky. True. The, the face is still like half off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's very like beautiful and poetic and brutal and gruesome at the same time mm-hmm. yeah i love those underwater pool shots they it's look like so good. it's like if sloth lighting is amazing it's like if sloth from the goonies was just like a nasty little guy you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and really short yeah i mean yeah the, the, the emphasis on the little guy thing <laughs> yeah well we have to talk about the return of monkey yes yeah, after that sure. scene there's a there's a there's a, a script writing term for that you know what is it? It's a deus ex monkina. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one. Thank you. I'll give you that one. Goddamn right. Yeah. yeah. Goddamn right. Deus ex monk. Yeah, well, she she climbs out of the lake. She thinks she's saved. She sees all of a sudden, hey, it's her dad's lawyer. He's here to save her. And as he's running down the yes! hill... She screams with her arms wide. Yes. She's not seen a friend. You know, her her friend is dead. Donald Pleasance has been murdered. And then And then he is violently decapitated (laughs) by a piece of sheet metal. But we really don't need to get ahead of ourselves. Just completely cleanly cut Like it was nothing. And uh, and it's it was the the mother. She's still alive, wounded but alive and angry. And now Jennifer Connelly has killed her sweet baby goblin boy. Uh, and she so, wished him right away. And so she has to get vengeance. So she she is uh, about to cut off Jennifer Connelly's head when all of a sudden 
the monkey makes her uh, her heroic reappearance with a straight razor. We didn't mention the scene earlier where she's digging <laughs> through a garbage down. can in a park and just finds a straight razor. Underneath a juice bottle. <laughs> but she shows up and with the straight razor and murders the shit out of uh, the evil mother. And it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> with prejudice. Oh yeah, with yeah. prejudice, Angie this monkey <laughs> just slashing this woman to death with a straight razor, and it's just better because she deserves it too. Oh yeah, you know, oh, like yeah. like the fact that you get to like root for monkey violence is not the thing I was expecting in this film, and it's excellent. Well, it's it's crazy, man, and it, these are the kind of things that I love about Argento and Giallo movies is that like you know that that kind of thing is done with complete sincerity and seriousness. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we have a monkey in this movie, and the monkey's gonna go find a straight razor in the trash can and then show up at the end to murder of course. the murderer. Yeah. And it's done It's done totally sincere, and you just could not make that kind of shit in, <laughs> in 2022. You just couldn't do it if you sat down in a producer's office and was like, yeah, so in the third act, I want to have the monkey show up with a razor and the monkey is actually going to save the day and the producer would be like what the fuck well see here, here's no, the cool but thing you see we introduce the straight razor with the monkey in the first scene it all makes perfect sense no and like you know the, the, and the monkey's name is a donkey kong there is one person who can do it though like who can get away with it and it's it's fucking james wan and he did with malignant like, and that's the thing right well, I, I mean i'm not Malignant is the most bad shit like it's as bad shit as a monkey murder like it's pretty fucking crazy Uh, it's it's a different flavor of that it's It's a different flavor of that shit that i think is semi more palatable than a literal monkey but yeah but like this is with sincerity yeah yeah. malignant is tongue-in-cheek you know like argento is like saying oh yes this is a you know legitimate part of the world we introduced this in the first act with the monkey yes you know, he understands the power of the, the monkey. Of the, the monkey the is not a, the monkey is not a joke to Argento, and that's the important <laughs> yes. thing. The monkey is the monkey is not a punchline. Well, Argento doesn't treat the monkey like a punchline. The monkey kind of is a punchline. <laughs> it's okay if you laugh. Absolutely. I mean, I thought it was fucking great. It is yeah. I thought it was fucking great. It's funny and heartwarming at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, you just you, you get all the feelings at once. Yeah. yeah. The, this the, is the chimp's name is Inga. I just looked her up. So Inga. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's her name in the movie. Her real name is Tanga. Okay, Tanga, who plays Inga, the chimp. Right. Damn, shame they got rid of Tang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn. Yeah, no, they're going to remind me. They did get rid of Tang a while back. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, years and years Where's ago. Where's my orange monkey sadness. beverage? I need it. Your space juice. I know. I wonder if they I ever. I wonder if they ever did a Tang commercial crossover with Dunstan checks in. Because Dunstan's an mm. orangutan, right? Mm. Am I making that up? Is Maybe. it a chimp? I think Dunstan is a chimp. Is Dunstan a chimp? Let's check. Let's check. Let's go have it. Let's go on a little adventure. <laughs> young, young Jamie, can you look this? Up? <laughs> <laughs> Dunstan is an orangutan. Dunstan is orangutan. Okay, all right. Nice. Cool. Yeah. You what year? What year did that movie come out? <laughs> that came out in ninety six. 
there there had to be a Tang yeah. crossover yeah. commercial, right? 100%. There had to be there had to be a Saturday morning Tang commercial <laughs> that was uh, that was a crossover with Dunstan checks in to get the kids to to go see it. Probably mm-hmm. a sweepstakes. You know, probably, a sweepstakes. probably a sweepstakes. To meet, to meet Dunstan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Some poor kid got his face ripped <laughs> off by Dunstan. <laughs> <laughs> All I wanted was to meet the orangutan. All I wanted was to meet my on-screen hero. <laughs> and that's how he became the, the goblin boy. <laughs> wow. He then traveled back in time to 1985. Full circle. And the we boy. go full circle to be wished away Damn, by Jennifer Connelly. That would have been that would have been a crazy twist if like her son was deformed because Donald Pleasance's chimp attacked him when he was like yeah. younger. So it's like a cycle of revenge. Violence yeah. begets violence. Begets violence. <laughs> monkey violence begets monkey violence. <laughs> Instead, there's some, I don't know if you caught this, but there's some weird intimation that she was, like, raped by a middle patient. Yes. When she worked at it. Yeah, because the, that's, that's oh, the, yeah. the it, it's sort of treated as a false lead because yeah. uh, um, that, we go to the, the institution, we see the guy with the scarred face, and right. we think, oh, did he get out at some point? And it's like, or did someone get in? And it's like, well, what does that mean? Yeah, they were talking about somebody broke into the facility, yeah. and then that's where she used to work, and then the detective is like... Man, that's right. I totally forgot about that. He's like, do you remember when 15 years ago you were assaulted by an escaped mental patient? She's like, yes, I remember. And then it's like, oh, okay. You want to see how I got these scars? Yeah. You want to see how I got this goblin boy? Yeah. (laughs) My father was a drinker and a fiend. (laughs) Delivered just like the movie. Why so serious, right? (laughs) Yeah. So let's uh, since we're just let's since we're hopping all over the place. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the scene with the girls harassing her because I really love that scene. We worship you. Yeah, like the the we kids. Wo- we worship you. <laughs> well, yeah, you know the the kids are acting so tribal in that scene. It's uh, it's very Lord, Lord of, of the, the Flies. flies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a bit that was literature a bit joke. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they surround her they're talking shit about how she thinks she's special right throughout the movie and then they start taunting her with we worship you and then well because they're all pretending to be insects because they read her book uh and or her her journal they read her letter to her dad letter right right and then they're like haha what a goofy yeah person let's bully her and they're all the girls running around being like i'm a spider i'm a whatever and then it's like we worship you like we worship you and then and then the bugs do and it's awesome someone turns the fan on that's right the air is blowing there's a soft blue light well i okay i i do think that that makes sense like i mean obviously it's a someone turning a fan on but like like the the imagination the the suspension of disbelief you're supposed to have is that the bug cloud is like generating wind we cut outside and we see like the 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 entire like front of the school is like covered in like a, like a massive cloud of flies like it would generate like but the in, windows in yeah, yeah the windows are closed the bugs because yeah, we see the we so, see the bugs they're not getting in it's so oh, strong man. it's coming in through the cracks the only her. <laughs> yeah the other girls here is blowing yeah yeah that's that, right that, that is true they're cracked just enough for 
bug cloud wind to come through, but not the actual and he, and bugs. And, and only her. Only and only on her, yes. None of the other girls. See, you get it. Mm-hmm. Very targeted. <laughs> you understand. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very directed yeah. wind. I, yeah. Honestly, though, like, even if we couldn't explain it, I'd still forgive it just because it looks cool. Like, it it's looks a, it's really a, it's neat. It's a cool it's scene. It's a cool scene. It's a, it's a rather, uh, I mean, you you mentioned it in the movie. You're like, is this is this going to be a carry yeah. scenario? Before we and see the does, bugs outside, it, it looks feel, like it's going to be a carry. It does feel kind of like that. I mean, it does doesn't end nearly as violently, um, but it does kind of shut all of the mean girls up because, mm. like, oh shit, she did summon all of the bugs. We were just teasing her about this, but it turns out she can actually do it. The fact that they didn't drag her away to burn her at the stake in that moment is kind of surprising, but uh, everybody sort of kept their cool, right? Like, She's confident in her powers, but she doesn't make the bugs kill anybody. Yeah, well, she pa- I, she passes out she in that scene, mm-hmm. too, you know, maybe before she, she can make them do anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, summoning a bug cloud is, like, at least, like, a level time, four, especially. like, wizard ability, yeah. Yeah, yeah that many bugs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You um, can only, yeah, you can only do that once before taking a long rest. That's right. Which she then does after that. <laughs> yeah. She passes out and takes like, a very long yeah. rest. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think you, you could probably Refresh do... Refresh your spell slots. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You probably do it a little bit sooner if you're, like, a like a druid or something, but, yeah, it's still, it's a lot of work. Yeah, maybe you can do it twice a day, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. If you're like but, the level you know, like she's yeah. Sure. Her dad's an actor, and she's got a lot of charisma. So she's probably like a sorceress class anyway. So yeah, we're looking at like level three <laughs> on that. Uh, uh, speaking of boarding school scenes, uh, we failed to mention one of my favorite scenes, and that's the uh, the baby food scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was wild. <laughs> so uh, you know, when Jennifer Connelly first moves in, she has a roommate, and the roommate for some reason likes eating no 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 her yeah, no no brother, her family yeah. was coming through to visit they had her little brother and they accidentally left the baby food that was the explanation yes. it is kind of reasonable there is logic there yeah like like babies what, eat baby food and but people what forget follows things. has less logic yes yes <laughs> just very <simple. laughs> because jennifer connelly is like because of the time changes i've only eaten breakfast for the last two days in a row so i'm hungry and she's like can I eat some of your baby food? And the girl's like, yeah, sure. She's like, do you have a spoon? She's like, "Mm, no spoon. And so Jennifer Connelly takes her toothbrush (laughs) and is using her toothbrush. The back end of it. The back end of the toothbrush to eat the baby food out of the jar. I mean, would you rather her use the bristle part? I'd rather her do neither. I'd rather her just wait till breakfast the next morning and not eat the baby food that her roommate has dog you ever gotten to like i might have just drunk that shit i, I was yeah, about to say like i'm yeah catch catch me like fucking guzzling that. Of that shit i don't doesn't think that matter. was drinkable i'd still do it before like i'd still like, yeah, like i don't think it's drinkable it was like so thick she was she was fucking gooping that shit yeah for real i just you get my fingies out and spoon that shit like here's the thing right like like it's Dude, okay, okay, like, go 48 hours and only have breakfast, all right? Like, I'll eat anything at that point. You'll do that I, after, like, 12 hours. If yeah, give me, to, give me four hours, honestly. Yeah, I'm going to consider it. 
if all I have to do is go to sleep and then when I wake up, I'll have a meal provided mm. for me. I'll just go to sleep. Not me. I, I, I'll just I'll just not I'll just get up and cook like a full meal. I did it last night. Yeah, but she doesn't have that option. Her option is to either go to bed or eat baby food with a toothbrush. And I'm saying I would just go to bed and have breakfast the next day. She morning. really introduced herself to her roommate well, is yeah. all I'm saying. Look, look, she's manifesting her new bug powers. She's extra hungry. That's true. She is manifesting her bug powers. And, you know, I think it's all... Resourceful. Yeah, I liked it. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I think, her, yeah. her roommate does, after that, ask her if she's ever fucked her dad before. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting to know you icebreakers. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, we we can't we can't leave the baby food thing without mentioning that while she's sitting there eating the baby food with the toothbrush, she's like, I owe you a meal. It's like, bitch, no you don't. It's not a meal. You're eating baby food with a toothbrush. You owe her nothing. That's why she, she was is, so hurt when she the roommate eventually died. That's right. Yeah. She never she never paid her back for that jar of baby food that oh. she ate with a toothbrush. Well, that's why we set the the story in motion. Well, we made the joke about, you know, there's some point in the movie that we don't clearly it was a cut sequence where she visits her grave and pours out a little baby food for respect. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Must have been a deleted scene. For the homies we lost along yeah. the way. Pour out some of that green goop. Sometimes you gotta hit the back of the jar to get it to come out, but you know, you'll you'll eventually be able to pay respects. It'll yeah, yeah. Like kill count. Since this is a giallo. Oh, yeah, sure. For sure. This actually feels like it has a kind of low body count for a giallo. Yeah. It's consistent, at we've least. Got, we've yeah. got the Danish girl at the beginning yeah. who may or may not be Dario Argento's daughter or somebody who just has the same last name. Yeah. I we have her. Daughtery Argento. We have... The second one is when she's sleepwalking. That yeah. was kind of cool. Oh, I'm thank you for bringing that up. Getting chased through the abandoned part of the school. Yeah. And then taking a knife to the back of the head. Oh yeah, the knife the, the that comes out of her mouth. Out of her yeah. mouth. Yeah. Well, before it's that, we spear. see her. It's yeah. Spear. Yeah. We we see Jennifer Connelly witness like the the events taking place, and she's like sleepwalked her way onto the roof, like on the second floor, and she's looking in the windows, and she she turns around after witnessing the murder. Uh, or the assault before the murder, I forget the chronology, and and she just, I thought at that point she'd woken up, because there's this loud noise, someone's being murdered in front of her, and it was going to be like, oh, that's the shock to, that wakes her up, like in most films, and but instead no, she, she just turns, she just takes a left turn and like like casually walks off the side of the roof, like like where there's been a hole Clayton, there. you should have realized that she was still sleepwalking because she didn't say, I'm sleepwalking, I must wake up now. Mm. <laughs> well, that was a, before she learns that trick. Right, but because she hadn't learned that trick, she's obviously still sleepwalking. Mm. Fool. Yeah. <laughs> Silly me. You dunce. Silly. Dummy me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah so, and then she gets up by the car, yeah. So kill count. So we've got the first girl, that girl who gets the, the spear through the back of the head. Mm -hmm. That's right, yep. The roommate. Sophie. The roommate. Mm -hmm. Donald Pleasance. Yep. There's... Uh, you know, a couple of kills discussed uh, that don't take place on screen. Yeah, that we don't so see. there's, like, Gita, Donald Pleasance's former assistant. She's been murdered. Yeah. Do we count it if we don't see it? I don't think so. Yeah, it's okay. It's still four. So there's, yeah, so there's, uh, but the 
killer is already an established serial killer. Sure. The other kills. Uh, have we counted Donald Pleasance yet? Yep. Yeah, he was four. Okay. And then uh, the detective. I don't think it's killed. I don't no. think either of the detectives die. Uh, we've got Goblin Baby, who goblin, dies. Yeah, the Goblin and Babe then, definitely dies. And then the evil mother and Morris. And more. Yeah. yeah, so seven bodies. Seven okay, is, so I guess, I guess by the end, seven's a decent number. Yeah, it's well-paced. I don't know, it feels it feels low for the other Argento movies that I've seen, like Opera or Deep Red or Suspiria. I think this is the fucking weirdest and goofiest Argento I've seen. Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't seen all of his stuff, mm-hmm. but Argento, yeah. this, one's, this one's wild with, like, the whole psychically commanding bugs which is really only sort of like a side plot like that never really has any resolution it's just well, she, she you know can't. she summons the bug cloud to kill the the she summons the, the bug demon, cloud to help her baby. but like she never finds out why she has that power it doesn't become like you know it just kind of is well yeah you know, and for which is fine it's not a complaint like 15 minutes of the movie it becomes like a buddy cop movie with <laughs> her and the, the the housefly detectiving the old yeah, house donald pleasant sends her away with a housefly in a box to try to find the first murder location he's like if you go ride this bus when you get near it the fly's gonna go crazy and he'll lead you to it <laughs> and that's what happened yeah and that's what fucking happens it that's she insane it out of the box and then somehow follows a housefly across a huge field. It makes sense to me, right? Let me explain. All right, so this is post uh, Lord of the Flies sequence, right, where we see the big bug cloud, right? Donald Pleasant sets it up as being like, oh, yeah, like, for whatever unknown reason, like, some animals can communicate with each other from miles and miles away using pheromones and other things we don't yet understand. And then, you know, like, she summons a bug cloud from outside the house, clearly communicating them like she has a sense of them and they have a sense of her from, like, distances away. Right. And so, yeah, she she can track the one bug like she can feel the bug or whatever. It's like a Jedi thing. There you go. She's just like midi chlorians. Don't don't at me. We we set up this house fly or horse fly, whatever it is. Um, It is a house fly. Uh, We set up this house fly and, you know, we get the nice (laughs) sequence of them, you know, exploring the house. And she like is climbing up things and looking under spooky areas. And then she runs off after getting scared by... The the, estate agent shows up and catches her snooping around. And then, yeah, the housefly is buzzing around and discovers, uh, like, a hand under the... Yeah, the floorboards, mm-hmm. and then we don't get any more housefly. I was, I was bummed. They just leave no. that hanging. Our she didn't. She fly. didn't go. She didn't go back for her <laughs> housefly partner. Our co-hero. Yeah, that I, is. I'm that just is imagining the housefly just on the chimp's shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny. Well, fucking Donald Pleasance before he sends her off to do that, he's like. This can only be solved by the two greatest detectives the world has ever, ever known. Or doesn't, she, know about yet. or doesn't know about yet. And Jennifer Connelly's like, who is that? And he's like, you and this housefly. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Said with complete seriousness. Yeah. Really earnest and very, very sweet. 
I do wish that I do like at that point I do kind of wish that was the rest of the movie though right like <laughs> the the buddy the buddy cop potential between Jennifer Connelly and this fly uh, I mean there's a whole movie just in and of itself right there we really only got like 10 15 minutes of that yeah. in this movie well, wasted potential it's it's so Fan funny pick. in that sequence where you know she's climbing up in the closet trying to grab something high up mm. the part she's trying to climb on breaks and she falls onto the floor and i was so worried that she landed on the fly oh man how fucking brutal would that have been if she got up and we just like zoom in and just like a little smushed fly like no damn there goes zippy pour out another jar of baby food yes pour out some baby food for the for the dead fly this was his last day on the force (laughs) he was about to retire had a family all <laughs> oh, those little maggots on my hand were his. Aww. And then it zooms in even closer on the smushed fly, and he just says, I'm getting too old for this <laughs> shit. <laughs> Damn. I've had a good life. 23 whole hours. That's more than most flies like me get. <laughs> All right, are y'all ready to rate this? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, it's time. Sarah, why don't you start? This was your pick. You brought us this this little wonder. So I I saw this movie for the first time maybe two years ago, and I've watched it a few times since then. And I just feel a very personal connection with it. I, I wish I'd had this movie when I was like a teenage girl. I don't know why I didn't. It was in the video store that I worked in. I remember seeing the box and... And at that time, I didn't love bugs as much as I do now. I think I was a little bit creeped out by them. But um, now you have some kinship with, with I Jennifer. Think, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jennifer and I now both love all bugs. Yes, <laughs> as she announces at the beginning. Um, this is an easy five star movie for me. It's so so much fun. The music is amazing. The fantasy sort of like dream logic quality of it is really fun and and like captivating and it's really beautiful and i enjoyed sharing this with you guys so much oh thanks thank you we enjoyed sharing it with you ben uh yeah this movie is a blast it's super fun i love the strange internal logic it has from the the strange needle drop timing uh points to the bizarre dialogue to the uh the weird asides from baby food to house fly partner in crime to uh monkey uh monkey vengeance uh there's just so much going on and uh i love it it's great i don't think it's my favorite argento but i still would definitely recommend it i'm gonna give it a strong four and a half out of five Clave. um uh ditto that four and a half out of five seems just right like it's it's a yeah just a killer film like really really good big fan 
um uh always uh and uh enjoyed jennifer connelly uh when i was a, a youth and i watched the labyrinth for the first time i was like wow she's really cool and then uh yeah and this one like you're really concerned for her want to make sure that she's all right it's a great film donald pleasance is is fantastic in it uh he's a hoot and i mean for god's sakes i mean again it's a sort of a reverse murder of the rue morgue scenario we've got a heroic uh, Deus ex monkina scenario. Like you can't. What else could you ask for? I, I did. I, I was. I was excited because like watching the film. When she, we see sort of some of the the bug themes, I was like, oh man, we ever better have like a killer that's like made of bugs. We don't get exactly that, but we might as well. Like, yeah, like uh, like a Mister Boogeyman situation. We've got Prince of Darkness when we want that. True. Yeah. Pray for death. Yeah, there's a lot of like really good '80s movies that have like insect. There are like killers covered in insects, you know. We've got that. We've got Prince of Darkness. We've got this now, Candyman. You know, Candyman's nineties, but uh, yeah, the monstrous bugs. <laughs> right. Oh, I haven't seen it. One of the Nightmare on Elm Street says like a big roach in it or something. Well, uh, it was four and a half for you, Cleve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I'm in a similar boat with Ben. I don't know if this is my favorite Argento that I've seen. It's definitely the goofiest. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I didn't bring it up earlier cause I didn't want to open up a bad can of worms, but this movie, uh, does a lot of things right that I don't like about, uh, Argento's Suspiria. Uh, it's, it is my preferred Argento film set at a girl's boarding school, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, this was, this was really, really fun. I, I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It's going to be a strong four out of five for me. Um, but between the four of us, uh, Phenomena gets an average of four and a half out of five. So I think that's a very strong recommendation. It is on Shudder. So if you live in the U.S. and you have Shudder, you can watch this movie right now uh, and maybe go do it. It's fantastic. Next week is my pick? Yes. Yeah, so for my pick next week, I uh, I chose Hellraiser 2. Yes. Or Please. rather Hellbound Hellraiser 2, yes. uh, to use its oh, official yeah. title. Um, oh, that's cool because the book is called Hellbound Heart. Yes. Neat. I like uh, that. Very, very excited to talk about this one. Uh, I love Hellraiser 2. Um, and uh, I think I'm it's going to be. I'm excited to hear you guys talk about this. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be a good time. It's the last. It's the last truly great Hellraiser sequel. Yeah. Uh, before they start declining in quality rapidly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hellraiser three is a little fun, but you get real diminishing returns after two. Very yeah, I'm very sure. very quickly. Um, but Hellraiser two is awesome. We talked about Hellraiser probably almost three years ago at this point. Good God. Um. So it's it's time to head back into the it world is. of Cinnabites. So that's next week. Take a Cinnabite out of life. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. I said last week that I would forget uh, and make that joke again without forgetting, but I actually made the joke again and remembered, so even better. Here we go. All right, the sponsor this week is... This isn't appropriate. It, actually, it's very appropriate. It's very thematic, but also uh, this is. But you have to read it. Yeah, it's in poor taste. But it's uh, this episode is uh, brought to you by the 9/11 Goblin. So <laughs> I guess uh, I didn't. I didn't write it. I, I didn't write this. Uh, I'm just. I'm just reading it. Uh, <laughs> you made it to poor taste. Yeah. 
Um, uh, oh, oh, maybe I'm reading this wrong. Maybe it's the 911 goblin. And it's like, yeah, if you need a goblin, dial 911. There we wait, go. Wait, no. wait, wait. <laughs> how do you know? Did you write it? Is that how you know? Was it a Are you sure? There's a slash there I can read. First responder? Or was it... The cause of 9-11? No. Yes. Uh, okay, both, yeah. Uh, There's some guilt involved. Now, is this like a... Is this like a... Is this like... A, a giallo goblin like uh or like like is it is it did it do the soundtrack to 9-11 or is it like no, he's like a nasty little green guy who oh, lives dear. in a cave oh dear and forages for rings and coins <laughs> well if you if you need if you need goblin assistance dial uh goblin 911 that's g-o-b-l-i-n 911 never forget What are we doing? That'll do it for us this week. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the show and you support our our goblin first responders, <laughs> if you support our goblin first responders, <laughs> then you can leave us a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Mention the the nine eleven goblin <laughs> for fifty percent off. Long John Silvers. You can become a patron. Support us on Patreon. At Patreon. Just like Sarah. At patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. If you become an honorary pod boy, once again, like Sarah and uh, and our our friend Sam, like Sarah, then you can pick movies like this, like Phenomena, for us to talk about. You can add your picks to the pool, and we will pick them eventually uh you can follow us on twitter at pod people pod and at letterbox.com slash pod people pod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those episodes i'm on twitter at some spooky snake i'm on twitter at mr sheets and i'm occasionally tweeting for light arc studios we put out progress on it stares back um you can also check out the game of course on steam and most importantly you can check out uh the majority of my work right now on dreadxp.com just go to dreadxp uh and you can see all the cool games that the studio is working on um uh that uh, i have in some capacity worked on whether it's qa or cover art or something else cool most recently you can check out sucker for love which is fucking rules listen to some of our previous episodes for the whole spiel the short one is uh our top rated review right now is uh, that Kathusi got me acting unwise, and I think that that sums up the entirety of the game in a beautiful way. It's an amazing game. People are loving it. Go check it out. Sarah, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, so I, I know I was on it a couple weeks ago, and I forgot that I'm still on Letterboxd at Cyclone78, oh. so you can check out my dumb reviews of movies, uh, just my hot takes. and I'm also, of course, like I mentioned before, I'm on Psychology Today, so look me up if you want to chat. Hell yeah. How is psychology today? It's very, it's like the lowest key social media. Oh, I was just asking like about psychology. The state of psychology today. 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 Yeah. How is it? How is it? We like don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Buzz, buzz. Do, 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 do.